Welcome to The Job, where we discuss tips and strategies for reducing stress and preventing burnout in the police. I'm Johnny Bevan and I'm the Police Burnout Coach and currently a serving police detective with 16 years experience in a variety of roles ranging from uniform policing, proactive squads, covert policing and child protection. I'm going to be sharing proven strategies on how to reduce anxiety, eliminate overwhelm, stop procrastinating and worrying what other people think so that you can become more productive and bring calm and balance to your life no matter what you're faced with. We're also going to talk about how to build trust and confidence in yourself so you can stop needing constant reassurance and validation from others to know that you're doing a good job. Working in the police doesn't have to be stressful and I'm going to show you how. So let's dive in. I want to talk to you in this episode about overwhelm and the ability to be able to focus on just one thing. Because overwhelm comes from when we're looking at everything we have to do. And we're thinking about all this stuff we've got to do, we think we can't get it done, we don't know where to start. But then the problem is, we then procrastinate, we... We, we're not really focused, we're looking at our phone, we're checking our emails, and we're not getting the work done. <clears throat> we keep looking at all the work we got to do, and then going, oh, I feel really overwhelmed. Then we go home, and we're thinking of this big pile of work we've got. And it's highlighted to me, really, when I was doing a presentation for our senior leadership team, and someone asked that. They said, um, I was talking about stress and burnout, and some of the techniques I used to get out of that. And we were talking about sort of individual occasions when people have had like one piece of work to do and you've shown them how to get in the overwhelm. And they said, but what about when, you know, it's, you're talking about just individual occasions, what about when it's all the work? And I said, well, it's no different. It's, the overwhelm doesn't come from the work. The overwhelm is not, the work is not creating the overwhelm. The brain is creating the overwhelm because there's some sort of fear. And that's what overwhelm does. Overwhelm protects us from some sort of other more vulnerable emotion. Maybe we fear fear of failure, fear of what other people think, fear of getting it wrong. <clears throat> so then we sort of brain keeps us in this overwhelm. But when you think the overwhelm comes from the work, the work has got to change before you can get out of it. But what I've learned is it's the other way around. is the overwhelm that's stopping us doing the work. And of course, it just gets worse and worse because the more in overwhelm, the more we procrastinate, the less productive we are. The, and in the police and other, I imagine a lot of other jobs you've got where the tap just doesn't turn off, the work just keeps coming in. And especially in the police, we're not in control of, it's not like we can go out and say, well, we're going to stop tendering for business. Ours just keeps coming in. So the more we're in overwhelm, the more it just keeps piling up. And people then go, oh, I feel even more overwhelmed. But of course, we're then, we're just, it's like fighting against the tide. It just keeps coming in and we just can't keep it back. So being able to move out of overwhelm is really important. And the way I've helped people do that is first of all, show them where the overwhelm comes from. So if you think the work is creating the overwhelm in the police, you're probably always going to be overwhelmed. And this is how I was for a good few years. <clears throat> so from when I joined CID in 2014, <coughs> excuse me, to 2018, yeah, I, that was me. Because constantly thinking there's so much to do, I'm letting victims down, um, I don't know what to do, and it made me procrastinate and I'll, I'll ultimately let myself down and let the victims down even more because I wasn't getting through the work. 
And the way I found to get out of this is as hard as it can be is to focus on just one task. Multitasking is not going to help you because I don't think there is such thing as multitasking. Yes, we can wash up and listen to a podcast, those sort of thing. But if we're doing one bit of work and then we hop to another one, all we're doing is splitting our focus. We're going from one to the other, one to the other. We're still doing one bit of work in that very bit of time. We literally, I, we, I don't see that we ever actually do two jobs at once, although multitaskers will always tell you they do. But you water down, you know, how much you're going to get done in that moment. You sort of walk down, your, your focus is less, your attention is less. So those jobs take longer anyway. So multitasking, I think, it's really just, um, just false economy. So what you want to do is, no matter how much work you've got on, you need to focus on the task that you've got. This is truly, truly important. You've got to focus on that one task. Now, your brain will want to wander to all the other ones. You'll be working on it going, oh, but what about that one? Oh, what about that one? And what you do is you learn to bring your brain back and go, this is what we're focusing on, this one task. And you give yourself a time to do it, and you go, this is what we're focusing on. And you, it's really important. Well, first of all, before I go on to that, when, you, when you're doing that, what you're doing is you're building the muscle. It doesn't matter that your brain wanders. Because every time you bring it back, you're building your sort of strength, that muscle, to, to stay focused on that one task. Because your brain will want to worry about the bigger thing. But you'll find that as you, if you look back, it probably notice it doesn't help you. And now, <clears throat> if you can focus on one task, A, you're going to get it done quicker. You're going to see results in time rather than just working on work, rather than just going, I've been working on this and I don't feel any further forward. You're going to see results as in this bit of work is done, which is amazing because that builds a lot of confidence and trust in yourself. But to do this focusing on one thing, you're going to have to do some things that you probably don't want to do. Um, I would suggest turning off your Apple Watch or other smartwatch you got and your, and your phone. We check messages all day. We're always checking stuff. <clears throat> and we think it's so important, but we don't realize that if we're in a really focused state, we can get so much done. But then every time we look at that, we break our focus and it takes time to get back into it. It can sometimes take about 10 minutes, to 10 if not sometimes 20, to get back into that focused state. And how many of the messages that you're getting are really important? How many really need to be acted on within the hour that you've set to do that work? I'm sure they can wait. Allow to schedule in time. What I do is I schedule in time to look at my phone. So a lot of you may fight that, but I can tell you now, you will not you 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 will not maintain your focus if you're keeping checking your phone. Switch, put a notification on Teams on email that you're not available for that time. <clears throat> Unless you've got something that you know is imminently dangerous, like imminently needs to be action and there's going to be some sort of fallout from it or if it's the red phone which you got answer obviously then actually you could probably silence those notifications i've been doing this now for a few years and i can tell you nothing bad has happened the other thing is so you've got so you want to remove those distractions just get focused on one thing then you want to which is going to be the tricky bit, especially if you're sort of a people pleaser and a yes man or yes woman, you are going to have to set clear boundaries. And this is the bit I worked on and I found the hardest actually. When you're working on something, someone comes up 
to ask something. Now, if it's urgent, then you got to decide, like, in the police, the stuff that comes up is urgent, absolutely. But there's a lot of stuff that just isn't. But other people think it's urgent. You, if you don't set clear boundaries to people and say, oh, I'm not going to be available for this time, or when they come up going, is it urgent? If not, can I get back to you in an hour? You're, if you can't do that, you're always going to be at their beck and call. And it's not just one person, it's a whole office of people. But when you do this, and you do it from a really compassionate place, you'll find that people may get a bit funny to start with, but I've been doing this now for a while, and I've set like, this clear boundary, and it's not affected my relationships at all in the office. But what it's done is made me load more productive. And then, what I find is the byproduct of it, when I do say to people, right, I've got time to chat now, they know there's no question that I have time. And someone actually said to me once, are you sure you've got time? And then they stopped themselves and went, no, because I know you'd say if you didn't. So what this, I didn't realise, this wasn't my intention at the time, but it, it makes you so authentic. You're not chatting to someone about someone. Someone's telling you about a case they've got. They're not really, you know, they're just venting and going on. They're not asking for advice. They're just talking about a job you've got no, you know, you've got no, not no interest, but um, no involvement in at all. And you're really sat there going, will you shut up? I need to get on my work. And getting frustrated at these people for disrupt, for interrupting, disrupted us. Whereas actually, what I came to realise is we're allowing them to do that. We're allowing them to disrupt us. Because we've not said, excuse me, is this urgent? Can, we, can I talk to you later about this? And then when we go back and talk to them, we're totally, we're totally present and there for them and can and sort of be in a better place for them. So <clears throat> you're gonna have to do those things. You're gonna, so you're gonna focus on one thing, you have to remove your distractions, your notifications, and then you're gonna have to set those boundaries. That is probably gonna be the, chal the challenge for you. And that's what I often help people with a lot to get through that bit. And the other thing is, is your posture. Now, how your body is, your brain obviously talks to our body. So if we're thinking, oh, I don't wanna do this, and we start, you'll see your body change. Because how we think determines how we feel, how we feel determines how we act. But it also works the other way, that if you, how you hold yourself then has a, a, a cognitive effect. So if, and it's been shown that like the Superman pose and the Superwoman pose and these strong poses actually <clears throat> create changes in the brain and make you release all endorphins and all these feel good um, dopamine and stuff like that. But so if you, if you're sat there slumped, if you're slumped over in your chair going oh like we all I find I've gone through the day I get lower and lower in my chair and I'd just be like tapping away the buttons and that your your body is signaling 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 blimey that's hard isn't it your body is signaling to your brain that you're not interested that this is boring if you sit up boom you sit up nice and straight I've just sat there. You sit up straight, shoulders back, and you that uh, you are telling your brain we're paying attention. It's go time. This is time, and you're bump. You're on there. You will find you have a very different experience, and then you can just catch yourself as you start slumping, pick yourself back up. <clears throat> and what you'll find when you do this work is you will get through the individual tasks. Yes, you may have another twenty behind you. But there's no point thinking about the 20 when you're doing the one. Because if you're on one job thinking about the other 20 you've got, you're not going to be focused on the one you've got. 
and it is as simple as that. So you just keep bringing your brain back and just focusing on that one task and then you really build this ability to be able to do it. Now, if you find the overwhelm stays there after because then you stop and you're thinking there's so much to do, that's where you've got to do work on that thinking, those thoughts that come up and learning not to obey them. And you do that by seeing what those thoughts create. And that's the work as a coach that I do with people. Because often when you're thinking there's so much to do, you feel overwhelmed, you procrastinate, and you're not actually doing anything towards the job. <clears throat> and you can actually then teach your brain to switch off. Because what happens is we go, we're overwhelmed at work and we're not really that productive. And then we go home and then we think about all the work we've got to do. And then we feel more overwhelmed and we're not sleeping we're sort of exhausted and then we're more likely to eat sort of like junk food and then we're going into going back into work on the Monday feeling exhausted from the start so then we're not productive so once we start removing ourselves out of that overwhelm getting those strategies to get out of it and then working on the mind the mindset the sort of like the thoughts that you're approaching this work with then the overwhelm will go away and then you'll find you can deal with everything you can prioritize and you can actually get this balance back of work and home life, which is key. And also, you get your love back for the job. Because I used to find, I sort of loved the job when I had, when all my cases were in a position where I didn't have to do a lot on them. But when I had a lot of jobs new coming in, I'd feel this sort of panic and overwhelm. But then I always had new jobs coming in and when I felt panicked and overwhelmed, I wasn't moving them on. So I wasn't often getting to this state where I had them all in a good position. But I realised I didn't have to wait to that time to get the overwhelm. Because the overwhelm was the thing that was stopping me and the overwhelm was created by the brain. <clears throat> it was just the brain wanting to keep me where I am. Because that's all overwhelm is. Overwhelm is what we call an indulgent emotion. It keeps us spinning we don't get any new information and it just it's just protecting us from a fear for mine for me mine was a fear of fate fear of failure fear of finishing so and i really noticed that was it almost like i kicked this can down the road because i always had this resistance very unconscious i only realized this through the coaching work to submitting the work and getting it done why was that well, because once I got it done, I submitted it, I could be open to criticism. But then when I worked on that, I worked on that fear, and then I didn't have the overwhelm. Because the overwhelm, there's so much to do, protected me. Because once I was in that overwhelm, even though it feels awful, your brain goes, we prefer to sit in this overwhelm than get that work done, because then it might not be perfect. It might We might get criticised. I hope that makes sense. That So that was really just showing you that actually the overwhelm is protecting you from some other fear and when you address that fear <clears throat> then you can move out of the overwhelm that's really the key we don't want to stay in the overwhelm it's just a protective mechanism but so and also don't think that anything's gone wrong with you if you do go into overwhelm it's very natural my brain wants to go into it probably at work or sometimes on a daily basis but it's having the ability to move yourself out of it and just recognise, ah, thank you, brain, you're trying to help me here, but it's not going to help and move yourself out. So um, if you want to know any more about it, as always, please, please, please get in touch. Um, we don't need to be stuck in overwhelm. It doesn't need to be that bad. And actually, we can start enjoying this job. We can start making the process the reward, start doing it, enjoying it, 
and start getting our love back for the job. Because it's a long one, isn't it? 35 years, we don't want to be spending 35 years in overwhelm, I can assure you. Have a great week and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. And if you know of anyone that would benefit from this podcast, please forward it on to them. And if you want to know any more, then please do not hesitate to email me at johnnybevan at outlook.com. That's J-O-N-N-Y-B-E-V-A-N at outlook.com. And also follow me on Instagram um, at Johnny Bevan or on Facebook. I am Johnny Bevan, the police burnout coach. Have a great time and I'll speak to you soon. Bye bye.